Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Three, two, one. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. <laughs> <laughs> How excited are we to say goodbye to 2020? <laughs> Very. Hear ye, hear ye. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty, the Queen. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And we are so excited to be joined by friend of the pod, Caroline Halliman. As the senior digital news editor for Town & Country, she covers everything about the British royal family, plus the latest episodes of The Crown, Outlander, The Spanish Princess, all the good TV shows, anything Julian Fellows is up to. <laughs> Welcome, Caroline. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so, so thrilled to be chatting with you guys today. Yeah, it's such a treat. It's, it is weird. It's like, I can't believe it's already December. It's like the end of the year where... It's it's been a, a crazy one. <laughs> I know. I, I keep thinking about last New Year's Eve and I had a sign that said like happy new decade and like it's just like the young, you know, naive version of me that had no idea what this year would bring. Had so. in store, exactly. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars. Pretty please send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We have so much on this episode with Caroline. So much. Ro-Rose, we asked Caroline to join so we could reflect on the best royal moments of 2020. Although these past 12 months have been a year of turmoil and strife for so many, we are happy to bring you entertainment and joy via our shared love of the royals. I feel like it does kind of lift us all up during these this very dark year. Uh, so we are excited to go through our favorite clips and moments from this past 12 months. So Caroline, we're going to kick that off with our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. And we are sipping, well, I'm sipping some champagne. I feel like that's what New Year's Eve calls for. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I so need to cheers. Open, yeah. Me too. I need to open mine. <laughs> Virtual <laughs> cheers. The pop in the same way. Yeah. I know the little mini bottles don't pop. I I have Lamarca Prosecco. To actually lied, I'm drinking Prosecco, not champagne. <laughs> yeah, me too. Actually, Prosecco. Cheers, you guys. It's such Wait, a cheers. Well, my pour is so much bigger. <laughs> Sorry, I went. I went. I don't light. think I knew how to. <laughs> I know. I'm coming from Nashville, so I'm um even an hour earlier. So I was like, can't oh, be drinking wow. too much today. But <laughs> well, and our struggle is always the fact that we still have the full work day you know, a lot of the work day ahead to get through. So it's challenging. Yeah. It's a little early, 1 p.m., but it's hey, all right. you know, it's the holidays. Gets us so through. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> we're used to it. We're used to it. All right. So while we are sipping, we wanted to go over this really wonderful thread in the Facebook group. So we wanted to hear from our listeners about what their favorite moments of 2020 were, the best royal moments of 2020. So the responses in the Facebook group were really incredible. And so many moments that I kind of you know, forgotten about or in these last 12 months, which feels like a decade, um, <laughs> had kind of just, you know, forgotten about. So here, here are some of the responses. Julie S. wrote, oh, it's so hard to choose. And I feel like 
Yes, it is. There's so much that has happened. But she said, I really loved seeing the Cambridge children doing things other children are doing, like the clap for our carers. She also said, I've loved getting to hear so many people's voices more often on these Zoom calls and videos. I agree with that. That's very true. Yeah, I feel like that was – we heard from the royals so much more than typical years because they were just – we were in their homes. Definitely. And to, like, get more of their personalities come through, I feel like a lot of times when they're having these, like – you know, spontaneous conversations with people was really fun. Uh, Melinda L. wrote, my favorite moment was Captain Tom Moore getting knighted by the queen after raising so much money by walking in his garden. That was really, really lovely. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the ceremony was great. Rebecca D. wrote, I loved William and Kate calling bingo and the elderly woman telling them they were no good at it. (laughs) No laugh cry emoji, which is great. Uh, Tracy P. wrote, the standing ovation they gave Harry at the Mountbatten Music Festival. Such a bittersweet moment. And she included a picture of that moment with Harry and Meghan in his he's wearing his full military outfit and I feel like that moment when he kind of looked like he teared up or they both were it's just was so poignant for them to say kind of goodbye in that way yeah to the military community Um, and then finally Rachel S wrote aside from the cute kid moments of 2020 I thought Meghan's essay on her miscarriage was incredibly courageous and selfless Knowing the negativity that she would cop because of it, but doing it anyway to help others is incredible. What was that line she always quotes? Always put others' needs above your own fears. Bravo, Megan. I completely agree with that. Yeah. yeah not always list. like the happy, fun moments, but also these like really big, momentous. Well, that that moment moments. in particular also really exemplifies the voice that she really now has in her you know, new role away from the royal family. I feel like the fact that she could do that, I mean, I'm sure it would have been negotiated internally if she did want to share something like that. But to be able to just talk to the New York Times and put that in motion was all it's a it's a really incredible change. Totally. Yeah. Very courageous, I feel like too. She was very brave to pen that op-ed, especially in the New York Times, such a major publication. Well, so before we get into our top 10 moments with Caroline, our personal picks, we want to reminisce this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. It's a very different New Year's week for the royal family. You know, Christmas week in general, which we have talked about, is going to look different because the Queen will actually be at Windsor versus Sandringham this year. So no walk from St. Mary Magdalene Church, which we have come to be so familiar with and and look forward to. I feel like that's just such a, I don't know, iconic part of my Christmas day. Is that weird to say? I always look forward to those photos. I do. Um, Same, same. To see the kids too in recent years was so much fun to see them walking along. Absolutely. So post-Christmas on December 26th, they typically celebrate Boxing Day at Sandringham Estate with a hearty breakfast and outdoor activities like horseback riding, walks around the estate, and a pheasant shoot, which Harry and William have been known to participate in uh, in years past. But and then as for New Year's Eve, they're fe- they tend to privately celebrate and uh, it. But it is something that is festive for them. Although this year, I, again, it'll be so different. They'll be more uh, solo. So we, uh, some of the ways that people have celebrated that they've celebrated in the past is Kate and William apparently were known to throw cozy parties at their country estate, but they also typically spend that that holiday with the Middletons. The Queen is usually goes to a church service, then out for a horseback ride. And Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in 2018 actually flew to Monaco. Um, they flew commercial. So they definitely, uh, you know, know how to do it right when it's not a pandemic year. But how do you guys think that they'll be spending this New Year's? I can so picture uh, Kate and, you know, her 
Prince William's in-laws, the Middletons, doing something really wonderful because of party pieces and because her mom is really involved with the <laughs> yeah. party industry. So Even I feel like if it is virtual. at least they have the best decorations. I don't know if, you know, this year there'll be very many attendees, but they have the best decorations, I'm sure. I don't know. What is, what is a cozy party, though? Is that like the the actual quote from the story? Is a cozy like. Is that well? I think it's like I think it was like, like cozy country chic was sort of oh. their vibe. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that does sound like a nice vibe. Yeah, <laughs> Caroline, what do you think? Gosh, I don't know. Like as you said, this year's so different. It's I I think you know hopefully the Queen and and Prince Philip will be spending time together at Windsor. It's also you know the obviously we're recording this a little bit early, but the vaccine has started rolling out yeah. in the UK. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sure they will be um, in line getting their vaccines. Um, and so, you know, that could be what they're celebrating on New exactly. Year's. Exactly. That's Queen such a good point. Yeah. And for Harry and Meghan, it's their first New Year's. Well, it's their first New Year's in the US because they were in Canada last year. Yeah, exactly. Right, so. right. But not their first New Year's apart. So it seems like they are, you know, used to doing their own thing. And, but, you know, with this year, there's not as much travel, but they're used to traveling a lot and seeing friends and stuff. So maybe friends will come to them. Who knows? I don't know if, you know, they'll have everyone get tested. They seem to be, you know, playing it safe, staying in. And and so, um, but I'm sure Megan will make like a wonderful meal or something. She seems to love to cook. <laughs> At least it seems like potentially Doria will be nearby. Yes, yes. In the guest cottage at, in Montecito. Yeah. So that'll be really, really lovely. All right, well, let's kick off our top 10 favorite royal moments of the year. So, Caroline, why don't you kick us off? Number one. Sure. Um, my first favorite royal moment of the year is definitely the Queen's coronavirus speech, um, which she gave early on in the pandemic. And it just really felt like a moment when kind of all eyes were on her, you know, royal fans, people in the UK, but also people around the world. Um and just the message that she had, which was like, this is hard. This is, I think she compared it to kind of wartime. You know, this is going to be a struggle, but um, but we're going to be okay. And we are going to get to see our families again. And I just thought that was so hopeful and so moving. Um, so that's definitely a, a favorite moment of the year for me. Yeah, she was such a beacon of hope during that time. Like you said, I think that it was, it was meant for the uh, people in the UK, but I think around the world, we all felt sort of her... Um, confidence, I guess, is the, mm-hmm. is the word. I felt com- I felt very comforted watching that. I remember Roberta and I talking about that a lot, how we felt comforted by her words so much. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think she quoted Vera Lynn's song, I believe, was um, We'll Meet Again. So we're mm-hmm. going to play a little snippet from that. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. But for now, I send my thanks and warmest good wishes to you all. And as Caroline mentioned, you know, the vaccines are rolling out in the UK as we speak. I feel like that message of hope is even more prevalent than ever. It feels like we're really on the precipice going into a hopeful 2021. So it still resonates today. And it makes me even more excited for the Christmas speech, which I always look forward to every year. So... Yeah. Cannot wait for I know. That. It's also emotional. It's like we've just – it's what a whirlwind it's been always since we heard to her hear, talk. Yeah. yeah, to hear her talk, it's always so so emotional. It's 
just feels like it carries so much weight. So yeah, totally. Well, my um, so number two in our top 10 countdown for me, it's like I had to remember back to before the pandemic, you know, when we were reflecting for this episode. But Kate's podcast, which happened early 2020, um, that was such a big deal for me. I feel like we have never heard her so candid. And it was before all the Zoom calls, um, where we weren't getting, you know, it was so so much of what we saw of Kate was her in photos and at these sort of on these royal tours, but we didn't just get that much where she's actually talking. She went on this podcast for 35 minutes where she, it was Happy Mom, Happy Baby, and she spoke with Giovanna Fletcher, um, the host of the podcast, and she talked about her Lindo Wing experience with George, how terrifying that was, slightly terrifying, but it was important for her to do. She talked about her morning sickness, her choice of hypnobirthing, and also her mom guilt, which I want to play a clip from. Do you struggle with mom guilt? For having the yes, juggle and absolutely. Me. I think anyone who does one as a mother is actually like, yeah, all the time. Yeah. And, you know, even this morning, going to the nursery visit here, George and Charlotte were like, Mommy, how could he possibly not be dropping off us off at school this morning? But, no, it's a constant challenge. You hear it time and time again mm-hmm. from, from mums, even mums who aren't necessarily working and aren't pulled in in the directions of having to juggle work life and family life. They don't feel that they've there's got... There's always something there's to be always guilty some, Exactly. I just feel like that was so great. Just hearing her, I was it was so relatable to me, I guess. Yeah, I can't believe that happened this year. It just blows my mind that that was, I don't know, just as crazy to me. I feel like that was so long ago, my sense of time. Did you cute. see also there was a revelation that came out just this month or uh, that Prince William actually was the one that guided Kate and said that she, she was nervous. And he said, don't mm. stress about it, just talk. I think people Aww. just reported this, that uh, that – they could always edit it in post <laughs> if she went a little too, you know, candid or something like that. But I think that that freedom for her really um, played out well. And and it was also the launch of the five big questions under five. That was really the yeah. intention of her going on. So such a good reminder, too, from Prince yeah, William. what a like, capstone. I constantly have to tell myself I know. that. Like, Prince we'll William piped it. in. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. It's fine. <laughs> Just talk. <laughs> All right. Well, number three, top royal moments of 2020. Mine is BBC's big night in and attached that was one of their clap for our cares that the Cambridge kids participated in. So here's just a little snippet from that. By the way, have you seen anything good on TV? It's hell without EastEnders. Isn't it? Uh, they tell me Tiger King is rather good. Yes, I, uh, I tend to avoid shows about royalty. And there's now 45 seconds and counting, Sarah. I think our time is up. On my way, let me just see if I can find my socks and my shoes. And my trousers. Mm. <laughs> TBT to Tiger King, because that... Yeah, did you guys all watch that? Did I you... did. Did you, Karen? I watched the first couple episodes, and then I was like, I have to stop. <laughs> Me like, too. I, I got halfway, and I was, like, getting so disturbed. I was like, I can't. It was it was scary when the world felt scary. I don't know why all the yeah. treatment of the animals, but <laughs> but it was kind of a moment for this year. It was. It was like, <laughs> Such a cultural, like zeitgeisty moment. Yeah, it's it's funny to hear him talk about it too. That he said, "I tend to avoid shows about royalty," which, like, you know, <laughs> a foreshadowing of the crown. I feel like now with us in the midst of the crown coming out. Um, but Stephen Fry's acting on that has to get an honorable mention because that was really wonderful. Although, to be honest, 
it's like all about this show Blackadder and he's a character from that show or a descendant of that, which is called Lord Melchit. So like that part confused me, but still was like so entertaining and so good. And I thought the clip was really wonderful. Um, and then afterward they do, the Cambridge family walks out. So that's what they were counting down to is the Cambridge family walking out for 8 p.m. when the entire nation came mm-hmm. together and clapped for the NHS workers. And I don't know if you guys remember, but George, Charlotte, and Louis look so cute. And they're like looking at each other to see when to start clapping and it's it's all really you know wonderful to see them together as a family um totally totally one of my faves one of my faves and then the whole night actually ended up raising over 27 million pounds for those affected by coronavirus so it's really it was a three-hour charity special so this was just like a tiny tiny little part of that Um, amazing they're really wonderful, yeah. I've so liked William's attempts at humor this year. He's done really well with that. When he went on that other the Aww. other podcast, the one he went on for the football, um, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he he's he's very uh, he's very it's funny. Dad humor. It's like his special brand of dad humor. I feel like. <laughs> All right, what's next, Caroline? Um, so number four on this countdown is um, Princess Beatrice's wedding, which was, you know, it was so fun. It happened in July and just covering it, it came as really a surprise. Yeah. Did you know anything? Any You had no tip off or anything like that? No. So there was, um, there was a leak, I want to say in the sun. And that was the first that we had heard about it. So we had kind of like wow. a day to get ready um, before they released the photos. But I just remember that frenzy, um, which was so so fun but it didn't have the same kind of build up to um like Harry and Meghan's wedding um but it was like kind of a different frenetic energy but I just loved it so much I mean it was intimate and romantic and she wore you know her grandmother's dress and her grandmother's tiara that gorgeous Queen Mary's fringe um and all the photos were so pretty and I felt like it was kind of a nod to you know, all the other Corona brides out there, people, you know, happy couples who were hoping to get married this year and had to change their plans. Um, And I thought it was just a really fun kind of family moment and a really a bright spot in the middle of, of, again, this, this pretty, pretty tough year. I know. Such a fairy tale too. I feel like the the visuals were so idyllic and like out of a storybook. It was really, really romantic and beautiful. I know it's so hard to pick for me a favorite royal wedding dress, but I really feel like that wedding kind of took the cake for me. Like I just, I really, um, I think that she nailed the micro wedding. Yes. And was an inspiration for any, any future bride, pandemic or not, in my opinion. Yeah. Such a good pick. Okay, so mine is also another way, way beginning of the year, but it was at the start of the pandemic, Archie and Duck Rabbit, when it was his first birthday. And we, you know, Megan and Harry had left, gone off into the sunset, moved. They were just (laughs) new in LA. They had just arrived in LA, but we hadn't heard from them. And I think they had at that point, I think their Instagram Sussex Royal was, they had put the cap on that. And so we weren't sure how we would hear from them in terms of Archie's birthday. Lo and behold, with the Save Save with Stories campaign for Save the Children, Megan's so, so smart. Um, she is participating in reading Archie, who's a delight at the age of one, uh, the book <laughs> Duck Rabbit, which I now read to my son every night, by the way. I bought it immediately, oh. and it is such a hit with him. Like, it's a great book. Um, so anyways, I just felt like that was such a highlight for me. I, I watched it in, again in preparation for this episode, and I forgot, you know, Harry quacking in the background because he also filmed that that clip, which was another kind of fun little um, Easter egg in that 
And then Jennifer Garner, who's very active with Save the Children, thanked them. We got to see kind of a glimpse of their temporary digs in L.A. And then just Megan's appearance, like, I mean, it just she looks so relaxed, so at home. I think everything about that was a real, uh, I guess, bright spot for me, you know, as we were navigating the early days of the pandemic. And to be one of the only images I feel like we've seen of Archie this entire year, which is yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. you know, in, in and a video them, at I, that. That was cool. Right, exactly. And to have Sussex Royal as that channel of communication, then to not have it anymore and to have everyone in lockdown and in quarantine and everything, I feel like it's such a big deal now for, you know, Sussex fans and Royal fans in general to see Archie and to not get anything, you know. Last year, they did a Christmas card with mm-hmm. him. And I'm like so hoping because Caroline mentioned we're pre-recording this a little bit early so I'm hoping that this Christmas we'll get something but it's it's the only thing we have of Archie this year so besides the paparazzi stuff which yeah which was a downside for them not a highlight at all (laughs) a a major low yeah major low yeah we we could do major lows of 2020 there would be some uh but yeah I love I love that um moment all right, what's next for you, Roberta? Coming in at number six is <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Sipping Megan. My, my bubbly. Oh, yes. Should we We should have another sip. It's Cheers. actually really delightful and crisp. <laughs> I know. It's it's 2.30 It's reviving I feel somehow. like this is like not what I'm supposed to be. I should be drinking iced coffee, but it's fine. I know. How many meetings do we have after this? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the right. big question. Like, I have to write a story, and that's not going to go well. Um, so... Number six, Megan giving the Immaculate Heart graduation speech. So I think this kicked off, you know, so many empowering speeches from the Duchess of Sussex this year. Um, It was one of my favorites. I feel like, again, like super low-key, you know, hair back, not about the fashion, kind of just like almost raw feeling, like off the cuff, like she wasn't super rehearsed. It came from the heart. It talked about George Floyd, the death of George Floyd. It talked about Breonna Taylor, um, so many other lives that were lost about the L.A. riots that she had kind of experienced firsthand when she was a child and growing up in California. And so just, like, really touching. And I think, like, the, you know, catalyst for so many of the amazing and, and impactful speeches that she gave this year on voting, on, you know, civic duty, on so many different topics. And so, you know, the most quoted moment, I didn't include a clip, but the most quoted moment I thought was, I realized the only wrong thing to say is to say nothing. And I think that, you know, is something we all kind of felt around this time of the year that, you know, to, to do nothing, to say nothing is not an option. So really powerful stuff. And coming from, you know, someone who, has left the royal family and now kind of feels like they have the freedom to to now talk about these things is really important too. So mm-hmm. it felt like a big deal. Yeah, I feel like that was uh, – I'm starting to feel like we hear from Megan right when we need some um, – mm. her the yeah. most. Like I think that she's kind of filled that void in a really special way. Like I think she's such a leader and I'm really excited for everything that's to come in 2021 and way beyond that from her. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, okay, Caroline. Up. Um, So number seven is just like a quick moment, I'd say, Um, but it is that stunning photo that um, was taken of Harry and Meghan in the rain at one of their um, final engagements as working royals. Um, And if you haven't seen it, I mean, just look it up, like Harry and Meghan in the rain. I feel like it was everywhere after it was taken by um, photographer, I think you say his name, Samir Hussein. Yes. Um, 
but um, they just look so happy. And, you know, Megan's wearing a stunning blue dress and they're looking at each other and they're under this umbrella. And it was right before they were kind of taking this huge leap um, onto kind of life on their own, away from, from life as working royals. And it just, I feel like that photo was just like really emblematic of like, they're going to be okay. You know, they have each other and um, they're going to figure this out and they're taking this step and it's, you know, it's unprecedented. It's something we haven't seen from the royals before, but, um, but they're in this together and, um, and they're going to figure it out. Yeah. I just thought that that, that photograph was just so symbolic of, um, of Harry and Meghan this year. And uh, I feel like two of this year on like the, you know, on the world wide spectrum, like just knowing that like, you know, we're all going to be okay, that we have hope. And this picture just to me is like the royal picture of the year. I think it was named best royal picture of the year actually somewhere. I don't remember what publication, but. It's also so romantic. Is that just me? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, totally. it just no. felt like I was like, oh, they had, they shared such a, you know, the glance they were sharing and everything. It's. It's beautiful. They're, and they're smiling at each other and, and it's backlit and it just feels it's it's so hopeful. It's well so done, Samir. Stunning. My gosh. He joined the podcast earlier this year. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. He talks all about sort of the mechanics of how he executed that shot. It's a great listen. It really is. So perfect pick, Caroline. That was yeah, great. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I, I, we we actually picked that. We saw you were going to talk yeah. about it. We were like, okay, but we it's all unanimous that that's it. on the top 10 list. I love for it. Sure. I love it. I know. Well, and speaking Everyone's of photography talking. and photos, um, Kate's hold still project is, ta- is number eight for me, the next on the list. Uh, just... I think what I've recognized, what I recognize in Kate is just her ability to really see these projects and initiatives and campaigns through. She just does such an exceptional job because, you know, we heard about Hold Still and that project with the National Portrait Gallery to do this virtual campaign uh, that basically shone a a spotlight, shines a spotlight on how everyone was navigating COVID, um, the UK citizens and people. And she, she really brought that to life. And we saw, you know, she never let us forget that that was happening and then just their execution when it finally all went live, whether it was the virtual unveiling to even just the time-lapse video that they showed of Melanie, the nurse in PPE, and that sort of in Manchester, I believe it was, going up on the side of a building. We saw the construction of that, the painting. I just, I thought that that whole experience was just in her wheelhouse, um, a really smart idea, and also one for the history books, I guess. I, I loved everything about Hold Still. Yeah. I think, I mean, like you like you said, the history books, I feel like these pictures will yeah. be throughout, you know, when we look back at this time and, um, and we'll see these photos that, and also like super accessible to a lot of people. I feel like some of these big projects feel like the Earthshot Prize or, um, I don't know, like conservation efforts. They feel so big and almost like how could like a regular person touch them in a way but this is like you submit a photo that you took on your iPhone and it, and that's it and then mm-hmm. and you're done and like it just felt really um wonderful for people who it you know it could be intimidating to participate in a royal project like this I think well and I think it also helped everyone feel seen with their experience mm-hmm. because it, it has been such a trying year for so many and I think just being able to like turn the camera on yourself is is uh can be sort of reflective and also, I don't know, kind of make you feel like you're not alone or something. Definitely. Also, too, one last thought about this is that what I've learned about Kate this year, I think, is that she'll see things through, but 
and she'll take in she's so invested in something so like with the the five big questions survey too like everyone around her who knew her working on the project said that she could have a PhD in the early years. Like she's that Mm. invested in something. And so like this Hold Still project too, she loves photography, but she took it to the next level and really got to know the subjects of the portraits and and of the winners. So just, you know, her level of investment in a project that she's able to kind of command and steer is just, is like awe-inspiring I feel like more more big projects from Kate to come I hope in the coming years all right well number nine the Sussex's Netflix deal which is kind of taking a back burner right now because we haven't heard too much about it but I am this is like a forward-looking best world moment because I'm so so excited for 2021 to see what they have coming up so reminder they signed a multi-year deal that the New York Times estimated to be around a hundred million dollars so Netflix is rolling out the you know wheelbarrows <laughs> full of cash for whoever they want to yeah. kind of join the umbrella but so so excited for what's in store the first project is supposed to be an animated kids show about inspiring women I'm not sure if it's inspiring women today or in history but either way I will definitely watch it even if it's a kids show I'm <laughs> I'm for sure tuning into that one um and I think that they'll they've been working quietly behind the scenes this year, I'm sure, to, you know, kind of get these shows in production. So I'm excited to see. You know, Caroline, have you heard any additional scoop about the Netflix or not really? It's been so quiet lately. I mean, I think they're kind of like, oh, the crown's also on Netflix. Like, you know, don't (laughs) want to draw attention there. But but I no, I haven't heard anything. We'll see. (laughs) I do know that Thomas and the Royal Train was a big hit in my household with my toddler. Remember when Harry did the intro for that? That was also on Netflix. So well, and Rising Phoenix was on Netflix, and I think right. that was also a mm-hmm. big hit for for Prince Harry. So, but yeah. The Crown, yeah, it's it's interesting because I think that's been talked a lot about in recent weeks about how they are, you know, the Sussexes are working for Netflix, but The Crown is on Netflix, and everyone's up in arms about The Crown. Did you finish The Crown, Caroline? Oh yes, I've watched it um, multiple times. Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm almost done. We're I have like yeah, it. we're we are almost done. Oh, I'm binging. And by savoring, I mean I just have not had enough time to, to watch it all but I'm halfway through so yeah and by the time this episode airs I'll probably be done yes I will definitely be done yeah. <laughs> I have we like one episode that, to go yeah. yeah are we on number 10 already number okay, 10, number 10. Ooh, like sailed right along I know um so number 10 is the uh, the Cambridge kids talking with David Attenborough um and their little sweet little questions about animals um oh. It's so cute. It's the it, I'm obsessed with this video. It's the first time we've really heard the kids speak in like an official capacity, so it's significant in that respect. But I also I just loved how Charlotte was talking about how she likes spiders, like so unexpected, a princess <laughs> who loves spiders. Um, and then like little Louis, just you know, he really steals the show, asking um, David Attenborough what his favorite animal is. Yeah, we should play that clip. Thing. We have that clip, right? What animal do you like? I think I like monkeys best because they're such fun. The sweetest. It's just a little kid voice. I love it. And their little accents, too. It gets me every time. (laughs) Yeah, but you're right. The spiders was a total surprise. You know, you didn't expect that, but you got to see their personality, too. Charlotte's a little tomboy, I feel like, which is, is... what I was growing up to. I feel like I can relate to her in that. Um, That was so, so sweet. And I feel like Sir David Attenborough, that picture of the kids 
looking up to him and being like so in awe in his presence and being so excited to see him. I thought it was well, so... Well, he's such a hero in their household. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for all of us, really, but... <laughs> yeah. But especially the Cambridges, Yeah, especially sure. the Cambridges. Yeah. Guys, we did it. We did it. Top 10 Top moments. 10. But that was also, I have to say, in preparation for this episode, it was so hard to narrow down. The Royals yeah. were a huge part of the year. Like, they just, they were really active. So it was well, hard to there's choose. There's a lot, I feel like, I we left on the cutting room floor. There's a lot that I didn't include that I wish I could have because, you know, even just like Harry and Meghan moving to California is such a huge deal and buying a home in Montecito and planting roots there. I feel like all of that was such a, such a you know, big life-altering moment for them. So... And Caroline, you mentioned, I know we can lightly touch on it, just, you know, getting exposure. We got to see inside so many of their homes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was such a treat. You know, so often we don't get kind of a peek into the personal, but one of my colleagues, Chloe, she wrote a really funny story for the site about kind of royal tchotchkes and how like the royals love figurines and they have like all kinds of like bric-a-brac in their house um and it's true I mean just getting a peek into you know their their living quarters was fun I know also the number of stories like that have been uh born of this year just of like which photos are on which mantle and like all that stuff it kind of was like a goldmine of content in a lot of ways and their like zoom setup was kind of Mm -hmm. relatable at some moments of seeing like Prince (laughs) Charles, yeah, with like a red, the red box that like may might hold official papers or might not, might just be another red box. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he like propped his tablet up on that. Like we saw, it was like kind of a janky setup that like wasn't enviable at all. So it was yeah. like, okay, maybe the royals are a little bit like us. Yeah. Um, totally. Before we adjourn the royal pod, we want to talk about our highs and lows of the year. It's time for the royal highs and lows. So it can be part of this list. Um, that we've gone over, but it can be something totally separate. But so we're going to let Caroline kick us off with her low of the year. Low of the year. Oh, gosh. I know we're putting low you on the spot. The year. <laughs> I know. Low but we have year. to end on a high note. So we'll start with we'll the end. Yeah, we'll start no, with that list. makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I would say, I mean, low of the year, not to be a downer, but like Prince Andrew, the situation kind of continues with him. He continues yeah. to be kind of a blight on kind of everything that the royals do. And yeah. especially as the Jelaine Maxwell trial begins next year. I think that'll continue to be kind of like an unavoidable topic um, for the royals and it will continue to kind of bubble up. So um, I think his uh, interview with the BBC was almost exactly a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's, you know, he thought he might be able to kind of get back to to working royal life and we've seen that hasn't happened for him. So um, yeah, that's the, that's a bummer of the year for that's the royals. That's a huge bummer, yeah, definitely. <laughs> bummer of the year. All right, my low this year is just the COVID, royals who had COVID. So Prince Charles, then we heard about Prince William, which wasn't revealed till later. So a little kind of weird there. And then Charles Spencer also, and Sophie Countess of Wessex was quarantined and exposed, but not sure if she actually had it. But still, I mean, that's a lot of royals that had it and a lot that, you know, could have come into contact with the queen who feels like one of the most vulnerable members of the family. So just kind of sad for them to have gotten this. And, you know, amid the pandemic, we're all struggling, but I feel like to have them actually catch it is just really is scary for Yeah, for anxiety provoking for sure, yeah. especially as 
big fans. My low is a um, very specific moment. Um, that chilly scene between William and Harry at Meghan and Harry's final event, Commonwealth Day, back in uh, in this early spring. I just feel like I think it was such a low because I kind of had maybe naive expectations that we'd get like a the kids are all right kind of moment. And instead we saw Harry so visibly upset. Meghan was like really, you know, try. it seemed like she was trying her best to be positive during that. Um, and we know that there was sort of a processional snub that went on behind the scenes that we've kind of learned through, through later um, biographies. But I think that that for me was just, I felt just really sad. I think that they've made some headway, it sounds like, with mending fences. I mean, COVID has obviously put a big barrier between uh, physical reconciliation in person this year but that was just I don't know that was such a low for me seeing that play out definitely to know really that things are not all right the kids are not all right so just and then to have them move right after that is is really tough um and your high Caroline yeah we said we'd end with the highs (laughs) end with a high well definitely I mean we talked about this before but definitely a high has been seeing inside um inside the the royals homes but also just generally I mean this is a general high but that they've been able to do as much as they have they've really um adapted to the situation and that goes for working royals but also Harry and Meghan who I think are you know I'm sure they put their plans with Archwell on hold a little bit in the beginning of the pandemic but they are getting out there, they're doing good, um, and they're being seen. And I think that's, you know, what all of the royals are doing. And and I think in the beginning of the pandemic, certainly the team at Town & Country was um, curious how this would all play out for them. And they've been able to do more than we um, than we imagined, which which has been great to see. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's been a lot to keep up with over on our end as well. So yeah, I'm sure for like, you too. It's like we yeah, thought that there would be some like, quiet weeks, so but quiet. not so much. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But really wonderful to see them, you know, adapt so well. Um, my high is James Middleton. He's always my high because I have such a major crush on him. Um, but his his engagement to Elise was actually last year. But they've really kind of, you know. As far as COVID engagements go, they've kind of had a similar, it seems like, path as everyone else where they've pushed off their wedding a couple times. They've, you know, had to reschedule things. They've been playing a lot with their dogs in lockdown and doing a lot of things out in nature and exploring and all this stuff. And so it's really... I don't know, like ultimate quarantine goals, if that still exists, of like James Middleton, like enjoying the great outdoors in Scotland and and being engaged and just like really savoring that time with his fiance and posting the best content of all time. Yeah, so I know. His, his Instagram is my high, I guess. <laughs> the Middleton siblings have really upped their game on social, I feel like, in 2020. Totally, totally. All the time lapses, all the videos, and um, yeah, and yeah, the reels too. Yeah, the getting reels, like the music I mean. soundtrack yeah. in there. That's too. what I mean. What it's was really that rap song that, that James played that you loved? Oh, when he shaved his beard yeah. too. I forgot <laughs> that he shaved his beard in quarantine, like on camera. Just like the craziness that I feel like you know William and Kate and Harry and Meghan like couldn't really get away with posting or like don't feel comfortable with. He like totally takes it to that level, and I love that. Yeah, um, but yeah. So, so great. My high of the year, of course, is the return of the sheep sweater. (laughs) I had to bring it back, but uh, rowing blazers, shout out to them because I just felt like that was 
just sort of the, you know, taking over this podcast and then, you know, talking about my love of that sheep sweater. And then the fact that one of our row rows was the one, Rachel, she told me that, you know, it's on sale when it first came out. We knew it was coming from Sally and Joanna um, with rowing blazers. So that has been just my ultimate highlight. It's been like something I've tracked this whole pandemic. And, you know, it's like there aren't that many bright spots this year, but that was one for me. So, well, everyone's gotten to follow along with it too. All our listeners, <laughs> like, at least, enough. which I really you, like. You know, you love the sheep sweater. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's wonderful. It's the gift that keeps on giving, it does, truly. It does. All right. Well, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Here is a recent review titled The Very Best. I thought I was the only one who had an unusual obsession with the British royal family. Imagine my surprise to find an entire community who take my passion to a new level. The hosts, Rachel and Roberta, are very engaging and make listening fun. I look forward to listening every week. Keep up the great work. Oh, Wonderful nice. to end the year on a yeah. positive note. And Caroline, I have to shout out because your email newsletter is the bright spot on my Sunday nights. So I wanted to plug it because you also have the best recommendations. I know we're at this point when this episode airs past gift giving, you know, recommendations, but so many fun links in that. So it's called Sunday Night Reads. Is that right? Yep, that's right. And um, if listeners want to sign up, I'll put a link in my Twitter bio and my Instagram bio. That's the easiest way to find it. And what is is your Instagram and Twitter? So our listeners. Sure. They're both C. Halliman, which I'll spell for you, but it's um, C-H-A-L-L-E-M-A-N-N. Great. And they can obviously also follow your work on Town and Country. It's been so to her fun newsletter. To yeah. have you on today. We've just been, it was such a, uh, we were so thrilled that you were able to join for this. Oh, thanks you guys. What a great way to close off the yeah. year. I mean, <laughs> with our little Seriously. like New Year's rattles. I know, our New Year's <laughs> party, our New Year's yeah. Eve party. I'm can you glad tell that we're ready for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably better than the New Year's Eve party I will have. So yeah, I think gonna... so. <laughs> All right. Well, you can follow us on Instagram again at Royally Obsessed Podcast. You can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. And till next week and till next year, God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. Yay. I almost said God save the queen. God <laughs> save the queen. Forgetting where I'm I like, am. She said way too much champagne. <laughs> Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.